Turn to Matthew chapter 18. Next Sunday is Agreement Sunday. Yeah, I'm excited too. I think uh, there should have been a little bit more shouting than that. I heard a couple woos from the back. We have these out in the lobby. We mailed them out if you're on our mailing list. And we do this every year. We call it Agreement Sunday. And Agreement Sunday is a Sunday where we're going to come together. We're going to align ourselves in agreement with God's word and with things we're believing for in 2024. And so we have these cards just to help you as a point of contact for you to write down. The Bible says in Habakkuk to write the vision down and make it plain. Everybody say write the vision. If you don't know where you're going, you'll never make it there. You'll never hit a target you don't have. You say, well, I don't want to make a target or I don't want to make a goal because I might not hit it. Well, you'll definitely not hit the one you don't have. You'll never hit it. At least have a target, have a goal and go for it and believe God for big things. So that's what I'm going to teach on today is the prayer of agreement. So if you have not gotten one of these, you don't have to get it right now, but uh, make sure you get one before you leave. If you have maybe some older kids, like I think that once your kids get to about uh, a teenage years or whatever, they should get their own agreement card and start believing God for themselves. Maybe they don't have five things. Maybe they have one thing. Maybe you have more than five. You're like, Pastor, my life is a mess. Can I have ten lines? Get yourself two cards. Amen. I'm not, I'm not, uh, not going to hold it against you. I'm also not going to read these cards unless you'd like for me to. And, and, and next Sunday when we pray, we'll do a prayer line. My wife will be in the room with me. If you're wondering where she is or if I'm married, I am married. My wife is doing our children's ministry in the back. But we'll be in the same room next Sunday right here, 1030 a.m. And we'll, at the end of the service, we'll actually lay hands on these cards and agree with them. Now, during the service, I'm not going to take time to read them. But some people um, have asked me in advance, you know, hey, is this a good thing to believe for? Or what verses would you attach with this? And I'm fine with those kinds of questions. Uh, if you have those kinds of questions, just let me know. But next Sunday, I'm not going to read the card. As a matter of fact, as long as you're... What you put on this card aligns with scripture, and that as I'm going to teach today and this coming Wednesday and a little bit next Sunday, if you uh, um, um, fall in line with those things, then I'm in agreement with you. Amen? And it means something to have uh, your pastor agree with you. It means something. You know, the highest form of agreement is actually between a husband and a wife. It's between a husband and a wife. And um, when, you, when you have that joint union, the Bible says two become one flesh. Amen? And then if you think about how God designed the system, the highest authority in the local church is a pastor. Pastors meant to, the, the word pastor or bishop, it has to do with shepherding people and being an under-shepherd. So Jesus is the great shepherd, then you have a pastor. When you um, decide as a family or as a couple or even if you're single today, whatever the situation is, you say, you know what, as for me and my house... We're going to align ourselves with God's word and then come into agreement with our pastor. It's powerful. It's so powerful, in fact. Uh, I want you to read Matthew 18, and then I'm going to tell you some testimonies. Matthew 18 says this, verses 19 and 20. It says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything. Everybody say anything. Anything that they ask. Everybody say ask. It will be done. Everybody say, will be done. For them by my Father. Say, our Heavenly Father. Now, those things I ask you to highlight are very pivotal. Very pivotal. Anything. You can ask for anything. Where are you asking for? On earth. And then it says uh, that they ask. You have to ask. In James, it says you have not because you ask not. 
you have to ask. God wants you to ask him. God wants you to believe big. God wants you to believe for big things. He doesn't, if you can do it yourself, then why do you need God? You need to believe God. You need to trust God. You need to believe God for big things in your life. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Who does the doing? God does it. Why? So God can get the credit. So God can get the praise. So God can get the glory. Amen? I don't want the credit. I don't even want, sometimes when people talk about Agreement Sunday, they'll kind of give credit to Agreement Sunday. Agreement Sunday is just a Sunday for you to function under the prayer or in the prayer of agreement, which is what I'm going to teach on. That's all you're doing. So the, 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 if any credit, it's just we're facilitating an opportunity for you to get your faith moving in a direction and in alignment with God's word and put the prayer of agreement to action. Everybody say action. Then what does it say in verse 20? For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Amen. That's powerful. You know, we've had, you know, not to keep talking about the building, but our building was on our agreement card. It's actually been, believing for a church building has been on our card for three years. But in 2023, we got specific. We listed out exactly what we were believing God for. I also had done a lot of practical things the years before that. I had gotten with real estate agents. I looked around at buildings. I knew what was out there. I knew what it would cost. I knew what, the, what would function well for the church. I knew locations. There were a lot of practical things I do. I did that, that helped in knowing what to believe God for. I also knew I was going to need God's help. I knew we were going to need God's help for the timing. You know, if you talk to a real estate agent around here, some of you might even be real estate agents, they'll tell you commercial real estate, it's not available. It's not available. I mean, it comes and pe people buy things sight unseen. People will snatch things away. I mean, and the, the square footage we were looking for, everybody wants it. It's the perfect size for a startup business or whatever. But I was determined that why should a vape shop or some secular thing, get something that's meant, that could be used for God's glory. So I put my faith out there. I said, no, we're going to believe that what would typically be used for something else. And when y'all look at that building, it would have been great. I know for a fact several businesses that were looking for it. Several businesses that were looking for it. See, this is why you believe God for things. Because I, I don't know everything that's happening behind the scenes, but God does. I don't know what's coming around the corner, but God does. Amen? And so when we started believing for this building, we got specific. We put everything down. We put it all in our agreement card. I had the church, had all of you that were here last year or beginning of this year, agree with me, agree with us. This is what we're believing God for. And so we set on that journey. Well, it took 11 months before it came to fruition. Everybody say stand. Say stand firm. So when, when it came about, actually it was in October-ish. No, was it September you talked to me, Brother Lewis? September? Okay, so September when we actually started the negotiations. And when we started the negotiations, I, I met a guy outside of this building, and I asked him, I said, hey, do you know anything about this? Because we couldn't find the owner. We couldn't find any information. We, he, was, he was ghosting it. There was no real estate signs, no listing, no agents involved. All we saw was that the company that used to be there, Fast and All, they left. So no one knew anything about it. Well, it's not entirely true. That's what I was told. And so this guy tells me, he says, he says, yeah, I've been trying to get some information about that too. 
I was like, man, really? So I started telling him stuff. Come to find out after we got the deal, he came. And it turns out the whole time he was fighting for the building and didn't tell me anything on purpose because he was trying to get it. You've got, you got some guts to lie to a pastor in front of what would eventually be the house of God. I'm telling you, man, you got some guts. So anyways, I'm not going to hold it against him. I already forgave him. Amen. We got the building anyways. What happens is we, we finally find the information on the owner. Pastor Steve and I, if you've heard the story, you're going to hear it again. Amen. There's new people today. They hadn't heard it. All right. But uh, Pastor Steve and I get on the phone. We're trying to call everybody, trying to call, find out all, this, all that we can about this building. And we get the owner on the phone. And he starts off with the same story that he had obviously told about 100 other people. I'll, he actually told me, he said, I'll add you to the back of the line. I want you to listen to how God works. I'll add you to the back of the line. Or he said, and that's not, I don't want to say it wrong. He said, I'll put you in line with everybody else. We've had a lot of interest, which I interpreted you're at the back. Because you just called me and there's a lot of interest before you. So I, I'm, I'm, I practice what I preach. I got the guy on the phone. I'm not getting off until I get what I'm looking for. So I'm talking to him. I'm like, okay, well, that sounds good. Hey, when are you, because I found out he's in another city. So I just start talking to him. And, and finally, he asked me, well, what do you want to use the building for? Now, I've learned through the years that uh, you don't lead with we're a church. Because unfortunately, in the real estate world, a lot of churches have done people wrong. They, uh, in some places, they'll, they'll, they'll deteriorate the building. And so it decreases the value of the property. And most owners don't want to lease to a church. Sad, but true. Some, and some churches don't pay. They'll get in a place and they not pay. It's sad, but it's true. So churches kind of have a bad rap in the real estate world. So I typically don't lead with that. I, I would tell them a couple other things. And well, we could talk more about it later, whatever. But I felt in my spirit to tell them what we were doing. That we're a church. We're a growing church. And we need space. So I start talking. And then I notice he's quiet. So I kept talking. Kept talking about what kind of church we are. What a, what a difference we made in the community. How we started with very humble beginnings, and now we've grown. And we've, man, our, I can tell by the crowd in here, our children's ministries are overflowing back there. They need space. Our kids' ministry needs space. And so I'm telling him all these things. And he goes, well, you did a good thing calling me today. I'm listening. <laughs> I said, okay. He said, uh, I'm a church planner. You can't make this stuff up. You can, I mean, you can't, I mean, this would be like a Hollywood level storyline. He says, "Yeah, I'm a story pat. I'm, I'm a story pastor. I'm a church planner." And he tells me a little bit about what he had done and his experience and blah blah blah. And uh, and it's a long story. So when we get off the phone, so now we've been on the phone for a while. When we get off the phone, I went from we, we went from, "Hey, I'll put you in line with everybody else." To why don't we have lunch on Wednesday? See, that's how God works. And what I want to get into you today, this Wednesday and next Sunday, is that in 2024, you don't have to repeat your 2023. If it was great, it's going to be better. If it was terrible, it's going to far exceed your expectations because God's word says that he wants to bless you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, or imagine. And if you'll latch on to God's word, come on, and believe God with me. You'll see things like that happen in your life. And I want these stories like that. I can tell you other stories about how a lady at our, 
uh, Florence Church, when I'm mentioning Pastor Steve, our church in Florence is where all of our, all of our churches started, came out of, and, uh, and he's been doing Agreement Sunday for, this will be his 24th Agreement Sunday. And so uh, there's this lady there. She does real estate development. She actually builds homes and all that. And she believed God for her first subdivision. So instead of just building one home, she wanted to buy land and develop multiple homes. Listen to what God did for her. She went from believing that in January to mid-year having two subdivisions. God does not want you to be a mediocre, just making the, 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 the barely making it through life Christian. And think about the story I told you earlier about the family that blessed somebody else and, and was able to help them buy a home. What could you do in 2024 if you put your faith out there? What could you do if you extended your faith, if you believed bigger, if you stretched yourself and said, man, I don't want to just have, that, that's what uh, too many Christians do, is we miss what God's word says about us and about what we're capable of and all these things. And so we end up going through life and our whole goal is just to make enough money to feed our kids, nothing wrong with that. Maybe, maybe eventually buy a home that's probably too expensive, have a mortgage that's way over our head, which just traps us tight, so then we're more reliant on our job, and you just go through this vicious cycle. This is what, this is what many of us do. It's what I did for years. And then you just go through the cycle of, of what my whole life is just to work a job, to make ends meet, and then do it again next year. Do it again next week. I, I want to put something in you today that if you'll believe God to not repeat this year, next year, and say, God, I need your help to do that. Do you think God's going to sit idle by? I'm asking, do you think he will? If your kids came to you and said, I, I tell you what, I really enjoyed first grade. I want to do first grade again. I want to do it all over again. It was fun. Can I do it all over again? No, Kaylee. My daughter's Kaylee. She's the one that just turned seven. No. You will graduate from first grade, and you're going to second grade. And you're going to advance in life. And the things you're going to learn in second grade, guess what? They're going to teach you new things. They're going to stretch you. They're going to grow you. It's going to be harder. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be things that happen next year in second grade that you didn't have to deal with in first grade. There's going to be problems you're presented with that you didn't deal with in first grade. Why? Because the system forces her to stretch herself and go from first grade to second grade. If we as parents and as educators allowed that, well, I mean, she liked first grade. Just let her do it again. She'd go through the same stuff. It'd get easier. Third year, oh, just do it again. Get easier. It'll get easier. But does she grow any? Does she advance any? Does she learn more? That's why I'm telling you, put a period today. Today is the last day of 2023. 
The last day you have the year that you have. The last day you have the problems you have. The last day you have the friends you have. The last day you make the choices you made. The last day you have put a period on 2023 and make a decision today. I'm going to have an exclamation point in 2024. Hallelujah. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a banner year. It's going to, you know, sometimes as a preacher, because I preach this every year, and I'm thinking, Lord, I actually said this. I'm like, Lord, I I don't want to just preach. I mean, I always say it's going to be a better year because I'm a faith guy. I want to believe that. But I'm thinking, Lord, like, what what does that mean for 2024? And the Lord reminded me about my expectation at the end of 2022 was to not repeat. And I did it. We did it. We expanded. We grew. And I'm like, okay, I felt the Lord tell me, now put that in the people. Help inspire them the same way you grew and expanded personally and as a church. I want to show you some things that God showed me and help you today as we expand in 2024. Everybody say, put a period period. on 2023. Genesis chapter 1. I I know you're in Matthew 18, so put a finger there, and if you want to bounce around with me, you can. um, Or you can just stay in Matthew 18 and listen or take notes and look up these verses when you go home. I'm going to read through a lot of, a lot of kind of setup today. And uh, then I'm going to end by teaching you on the prayer of agreement. Genesis 1.28 says this. Then God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and said, be fruitful and multiply. Everybody say fruitful. fruitful. Say multiply. multiply. The multiplication part is where we, we tend, to, tend to only think about this verse in the multiplication part. Well, that means to make babies and fill the earth. Yes, but don't leave out the fruitful part. What fruit are you producing? What are you producing? What, what fruit are you producing? What are you producing in your life that you can look back and say, God, help me produce that. God, help me do that. God, help me stretch. And now when I used to be the, the silent person at work, now all the Bible questions come to my desk. Because I know the Bible. And that people that have the hard questions come to me and I help answer them. When people want to know about what does it mean, what should, how should a Christian handle this, I've got the answers. You're only going to get there if you stretch yourself. You're only going to get there if you push yourself and say, I'm going to be that person. Otherwise, just repeat. Just keep being the silent person. Just keep being the same person. I just, want, I just don't want to ruffle any feathers. You don't have to ruffle any feathers. Just make a decision. I'm going to get up every morning and renew my mind with the word of God. And when you do, the way you talk changes. The way you look at things changes. It has to because God's word is living and powerful. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Govern it. You should, there's nothing wrong with you pursuing, unless God told you to be in the exact position you're in, which could be the case. You should be aspiring for governance. You should be aspiring for leadership. You should be aspiring for, there should be people reporting to you. You should be so good at what you do that when they're looking at the thing, they're saying, man, we got it, it's budget cuts and, and this has gone down and we, got it. we need to let 20 people go. Your name is so far from that list of 20 people. They look at your name and go, no, we can't get rid of them. Man, that, no, uh, man, that would tank if we got rid of them. That branch would be demolished. We can't get, no, 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 they're staying. 
be, be, make a determination. Your life looks different. Your life looks different. Be, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground. Everybody say, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Say, multiply. multiply. Don't repeat 2024. Determine today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to multiply. I'm going to be fruitful. 1 Thessalonians 3, 7. Paul's writing the church at Thessalonica. He's, he's, he's instructing them. He's writing in conjunction with, with, with Timothy. And it, it just, there's a lot going on in this. And so when he says we here, he's talking about him and his, his uh, uh, comrades and Timothy. He says, so we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering. Dear brothers and sisters, talking to the church there. Because you have remained strong in your faith. Everybody say remain strong. strong. I read this. Uh, this week, and of course all this is already in my heart, I'm already kind of preparing, preparing a message along these lines, and I'm reading through uh, the New Testament, and I get to this part, and it was like the Lord just caused that last statement to jump off the page. I've read this before, and I always seem to focus on the part that, well, Paul and, and, and Silas and Timothy, they're, they're going through things, they're, they're, they're going through the struggles, and, and it was great to have friends and have this other church just praying for them, encouraging them, but look at what they were encouraged by. They were encouraged that they remained strong in their faith. You know what that means? They're writing to a church just like us. It'd be the same as if Paul wrote to you and I today. You know what this means? That you and I can be inconsistent with our faith. We can actually allow our faith to deteriorate. We can, he was inspired. This is Paul, the apostle Paul. Not Paul that lives down your street. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was inspired and encouraged because they remained strong in their faith. Look at verse 8. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. Everybody say stand firm. firm. One of the things that are gonna, that's going to help you today, and I'm going to cover this quickly, and then the last 10 minutes I'm going to wrap up with teaching on the prayer of agreement. So stay with me. One of the things that will help you in 2024 put a period on this year and not repeat is being consistent. It's consistency. It's being consistent in the things that you do. You know, the reason that New Year's resolutions or the goals you have, you know, the reason why most of them don't happen and why February you all cancel your memberships to the gym is because your habits are not in alignment with your goal. You're not, be, you're not even set up to be consistent. You haven't asked God to help you. When you put these things on your agreement card, I want you to do something different this year. That's, that's, that's what I did. Is Lord, show me the systems of what I need to do daily so that it, in the, in, by the time 23 ends, that it doesn't look the same as it did. So yes, we have a goal of getting a new building. Yes, we got specific. Yes, we put our faith out there. Yes, we did all those things. But I also ask God, God, what do I do day one, day two, all the way to day 365? What do I do? What does my day look like? What habits do I need to change? What things do I need to... The things you do today will equal who you are tomorrow. And so many of us set a goal of at the end of the year, I'm going to look like this. Let's use a real simple one since I'm making fun of your gym membership. If you want to lose weight, you say, man, I want to lose 15 pounds. 
And you start by doing everything tomorrow. You're stopping eating this, and you're not eating that, and you, you're going to work out three times a day, and you're not going to eat your lunch, and you're going to do this, and, and you're going to leave work and go to the gym, even though you got up and went to the gym, and you try to do 75 things to lose 15 pounds. doesn't work, at least for most people. I'm sure there are a few anom- anomalies. When I got, uh, we signed up for this thing that had virtual trainers last year. This is, this, I'm telling you all, learn from me. 2022, we signed up for the thing. I'm not saying I've been perfect in 2023, but it changed me because the trainers would tell you, just keep doing one thing. Just keep doing the thing. Just keep doing this. Just so you know what the things I picked up this year? I hated drinking water. Hated it. Give me green tea, give me Diet Coke, give me coffee, anything but water. Anything but water. I got up to where I was drinking about a gallon of water a day because of the, the regimen I was on. The, it's not even really a diet. It's like a whole thing. Y'all, some of y'all might have heard of it. It's called E2M. I'm not an E2Mer. I'm not hardcore. You're not going to see me in the chat if you're on there. But I like some things I learned from it. I really do. And I'm still, I, we, st- we still do follow it um, as much as we can. We've kind of made the Clark version of it. So it's like Clark 2M. Anyways. All right. So, but I learned, so I pick up this water habit. Pick up this water habit. It, it, it has changed how my body feels because now every day, I don't drink a gallon anymore. I've, I've cut it back to about two-thirds of a gallon, but I've been consistent with that. I mean, almost every day to the point where when I don't, I feel it. And here's what I realized. Those, those few days where I, I, I didn't drink that much and I woke up the next day, I realized this is how I used to feel every day. I used to, the day that I don't drink the two-thirds of water or a gallon of water or whatever, When I feel like doo-doo, I used to feel like that every day because I never drank water like this. There are decisions you can make starting tomorrow for your year. And I want to encourage you to ask the Lord, Lord, what are the decisions, the daily and weekly decisions that I need to make that are going to make a difference? I encourage you, be in the house of the Lord every week, every time the door is open. When you make a point to give God the first part of your week, I don't know what your calendar says, but my calendar says the week starts on Sunday. And you give God the first hours, the first part of the first of your week, and you determine, I'm going to be in the house of God. When you determine to do that, it changes how you come into the house. Because if I'm going to be here, I'm going to get something. Y'all think that because I'm the pastor, I just come here, I just come here to deliver my message. This is, this is how I live my life. No, I'm expecting to get something. I'm expecting God to speak to me. I'm expecting as I, the Bible says in Acts, as they ministered to the Lord, the Lord spoke. I'm expecting God to speak to me too. I come in with an expectation. I tell my wife and my kids, come in with an expectation. Set your eyes on God. We're coming to your house to first give to you our praise our honor, our time, and as a result, I have an expectation, not in a demanding way, not in a, 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 a vending machine kind of way where I'm go- I, better get a, I better get that one. Not that, but in a, I have an expectation. The way my kids expect to eat today, they don't, they don't feel any some sort of way. I don't feel any some sort of way as a parent because my kids expect to eat. They want to eat. They're hungry. Guess what? I'm going to feed them. I'm going to feed them as well as I can. Amen? 
The same way as a child of God, you should have that expectation. When you get up to read the word, if, you, if you're like, man, I want to read the word an hour a day, and you're reading zero, start with five minutes. And be consistent with five minutes a day for 365 days and see where you're at. You know how I, I, I now wake up in the five o'clock hour. You know another, another, another habit I changed was that one, because I hated the mornings. You didn't want to see me until about 9 a.m. after two cups of coffee. Just telling you the truth. You didn't want, I, was, I was not very pleasant. You know how you can change to wake up an hour earlier? If you wake up five minutes earlier every day, in 12 days you'll wake up an hour earlier. God gave me that. God gave me that idea. I did it. It worked. And today I wake up an hour earlier than I used to. You know what you can do with an hour in the mornings? It's amazing. If you're a parent and you wake up before your kids, let me tell you something. It is heaven, man. It is heaven. All right. I don't want to only give you practical stuff today, but there are practical things that you need to do. I'm a word guy first. That's what I'm going to focus on today. But I want you to ask God, what are the practical things I can do to stand firm and be consistent? To stand firm. To remain strong in my faith. Not to stay on this. I know I said I'm trying to move on, but the Lord keeps dropping things in my heart. The Bible says in Hebrews that, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's Hebrews 11, 6. In Romans, it tells us that faith comes by hearing. Everybody say hearing. hearing. The reason your faith will grow stronger is if you're hearing the word at a higher level. If you hear the word, we're not going to repeat, right? That's what we're agreeing. We're not going to repeat in 2024. It's not going to be a repeat of 2023. We're going to grow. We're going to expand. We're going to increase. Okay, well, then you cannot do the same amount of hearing the word in 2024 you did this year. If you do, it will equal the same amount of faith. If you want to grow in, in, in building your faith for healing, get healing books. If you want to grow in your faith about prosperity, get you, you have to grow, and the way your faith is going to grow or increase is by hearing the word. You know how, how one of the ways the church grows? I'm just going to keep giving you, I know I'm trying to move on, but I want to be led by the Lord. The, there's statistics out there. That the, the average before COVID is probably higher now. That average church um, decreases, or let me word it this way, 3% of your church leaves every year. This is, you know, I'm letting y'all in a little bit to the things pastors deal with. And it's not necessarily people that are upset. People move. People get uh, a promotion across the, the country or whatever. Uh, all kinds of reasons. People leave. People get married and go. We actually have, I'm going to embarrass you, Miss Jamila back in the house today. <laughs> Did you drive all the way from Darlington to be here? You're, you're still, okay, all right. So, so um, she's, she's from, where are you from? I don't want to misquote. Where are you from? Just Jamaica? Okay, she's originally from Jamaica, and she's doing a, a, a program where she teaches. Um, they, they, they'll hook up with uh, teachers from Jamaica and things like that, and they'll plant them in schools locally. And uh, we knew about the program when, we, when my wife and I lived in Florence, so it was not a surprise to us when, when Ms. Jamila came here today. But we didn't know when she'd be back because there was a big problem, not her fault, where they did not renew her visa, paperwork, blah, 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 all these things that happened, and, and they had to, she had to go back to Jamaica. That wasn't, was it your fault? Nope. It wasn't my fault. She left. Now, thank God she's back. Amen? 
Amen? It's a long story. Another testimony for another time about how you got back, okay? But for the sake of time, she's back. Things like that happen. So here's what we do as a church. I want to grow by at least 10% so that the church never decreases. Now let's apply that to your faith. If you want your faith to increase, you leak. You leak every day. What do I mean by that? You, leak, you go to a secular job with secular people who are, your, your faith is weakening. But the Bible says your spirit is at war with your flesh constantly. If you never build your faith, you're not going to grow. You're going to deteriorate. And if you want to increase your faith, you actually have to overcompensate for it. These are practical things that will help you. If you want to increase your faith in an area, you need to overcompensate. Everybody say amen. amen. Everybody say new habits. New habits. Say new systems. new systems. Design a system that works to help you reach the thing you want. Ask God to help you. So everybody say, new, say it again. Say new habits. New habits. Say new systems. new systems. Everybody say new friends. New friends. If you want to be consistent in 2024... You want, to be, you want to grow? You want to increase? Some of you need to remove some friends in your life. You need to find some new ones. There are people that they will only see the old you. They're only going to see the old you. They're only going to see the you that used to go clubbing. And when you say, I don't do that anymore, they can't, because they're not moving forward, the only uh, uh, reaction they can come up with is to pull you back down where they are. If you don't get new friends, your old ones will pull you back down. And at the end of 2024, you'll be looking back and saying, man, another year. Another year down the tubes. Another year where I didn't grow like I wanted to grow. If your friends don't want to move forward with you, it's not your fault. Well, I'm supposed to witness to them. Yeah, witness to them while you're, change the status of the friendship. Change how the, I'm not saying you have to, to totally cut them off if you don't feel to. Some of them you probably need to. Just being honest with you. There were people when I left college, I made a decision, I'm going to the ministry. And there were people I knew, they are so far from going to the ministry, I can't. I just, I can't, I can't risk it. Ask me if I regret it. Look at what God's done with my wife. Look at the beautiful family I have. All that God's done. Ask me if I regret it. I don't regret it for one instance. You know what's interesting? Some of those people are the ones that are now writing me on social media. Hey, man. Oh, your reels and your little shorts that you put out, man, I love hearing what you're, so glad God is blessing you. I'm inspiring them now. I, I guarantee you, there's no way I would have. I'd have been out in the ministry a year if I'd have kept, kept going out with them, kept hanging out with them, kept friends with them, kept texting them. I, I changed my phone number, never looked back. There were other ones that I have kept a relationship with because, because they were actually, hey, man, that's good. You're going to do great in the ministry. That's awesome. Now, I knew they weren't necessarily ministry potential, but I knew I could keep some sort of relationship with them. I just redefined it. So some friends need a redefining. Some friends need to be gone. And I can tell you most certainly you need new friends. You need friends that are going to encourage you. You need friends that when you tell them an idea you have and you say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do this year. God told me I'm going to start a new business. You need friends that are saying, yeah, that's awesome. I'll believe with you. Can I research with you? What are you going to do? Hey, how, you know, there's a so, such and such I heard about. You should go look at that. Delete the friends that say, ha, you start a business? Delete. Don't be mean about it. Just, that's, that's your sign. You're no longer the same status friend with me. If God, let me tell you something else. When God gives you an idea in the anointing, in a, in, a, in a service like this, and you leave and you start in your flesh, you start talking yourself out of it, 
That is a sign that God gave you that idea. And the reason that's important to keep in front of you is because when God gives you an idea, he'll make it come to pass. When Joseph, Joseph had a dream twice. Who did he tell about his dream? I see, and I can't remember exactly all the details of it, so I don't want to misquote it, but he saw what represented himself standing up and what represented his brothers, and then later dream his family bowing down to him. And, and when he did, he told his family, he told his brothers, he told his, his, his dad, they mocked him. They mocked him. This is what I'm telling y'all. Don't, you don't have to tell your dream. Maybe there are some people you don't need to tell your dream to. Because one thing you can't get rid of is your family. And if your family's the one that's talking you down, just Mary pondered some things in her heart. Maybe you need to ponder some things in your heart and just keep trucking, baby. Just keep moving. Just let God keep working on your life. You don't have to tell everybody everything. You don't have to tell everybody everything. You just keep doing you. You, keep, you control you. You cannot control everybody else. You cannot control how they respond to what you're doing, but you can control you. You can control how you respond to what they're doing. You can control how they make you. When they, don't ever say, they made me mad. No, you got mad as a result. You allowed anger to come as a result of what they did. They didn't make you do anything. Did they, hold, did they hold you down, strangle your throat, put a gun to your head and say, get mad? Then no, they didn't make you get mad. You allowed that. Change these things in your life. Let me rephrase that. Allow God and the Spirit of God. That the Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Allow that power to change you in 2024. Hallelujah. Joseph, everything that went in, ended up in slavery. God turned the slavery into an empire. Let God do the work. Does everybody say new friends? Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Yet we hear some of you are living idle lives. Same book, right? There's two books, first and second Thessalonians. Same people, same church that he's writing to. This is the second book. I read the first one earlier. Chapter 3, Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul, again, writing the church, he's now correcting them. Okay, I hear that some of you are living idle lives. Refusing to work. And meddling in other people's business. I'm going to leave that one alone. And just let the word speak for itself. Amen. We command such people and urge them in the name of Jesus Christ to settle down. Notice this. And work to earn their own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. In other words, if you are living idle, stop it. If you're doing nothing, stop it. Get move. Everybody say get moving. New friends, new habits, new goals, new systems. Everybody say get moving. You've got to get moving. He says, verse 14, take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Just, I'm, that's what I'm telling you. You don't have to be rude. Just make a little asterisk beside their name in your contacts. Just take note. I'm just following Paul's advice. I'm just taking note. Take note of those who refuse to obey God's word. Stay away from them so they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies. See, y'all thought I was just preaching me. Y'all thought that was just 
Well, I mean, no, but what does God's word say? God says to, to, to love your enemies. and love. Okay, yeah, but what does Paul say right here? Take note of them. Get them. Get, re, reframe your friendship. Don't look at them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or sister. Look at the verses before this, 6 through 10. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives. And don't follow the tradition... So the ones who live idle lives, idle lives and aren't following the tradition that they received from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. Look at how Paul lived when he was with them. We never accepted fruit, food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. Stop looking for a handout and be the one handing out. I'm, I'm not, listen, I don't want to make, I never ever want to preach in such a way that makes anyone feel condemned. If you feel condemned today, that's the devil messing with the words that I'm giving you. I'm giving you God's word. I'm not preaching condemnation. I'm inspiring you that if that's you today and you've been the one receiving handouts, the Bible actually says in the Old Testament that you shall be the lender and not the borrower. That means you're the bank. You're the one signing the checks. Wouldn't that be good to sign your own check? I want to put some faith in you. Maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe you don't feel to own your own business. But at least be the one that you know I'm, make, I'm inspiring. I'm giving out. I'm not just the, the one always looking for advice. I'm now the one giving advice. He says, we worked hard day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us. He's not just talking about food. He fed them spiritually. He fed them naturally. And th this is what Paul did. Read, read Acts. Read what he did. We worked hard day and night so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Everybody say, if you don't work, you don't eat. One of the best forms of self-care you can get is not sitting with your hands under your behind but actually getting moving with a kingdom goal a kingdom mind a kingdom mindset I'm not saying to not take care of yourself because you can run yourself into the ground I heard uh, one minister say that if the devil can't uh, uh, stop you he'll get behind you and push you too far I have to agree with him I have to agree with him so don't take what I'm saying the other way and then run yourself ragged I've done it. It's not good either. But there's a middle ground where, okay, I'm not just waiting on. You know, God doesn't do everything by himself. He works through you. He works through us. He works through the church. We are his hands and feet. He moves with us. We move with him. And so when you're, again, you're not on the other end where you're driving the train. You're not driving the train. He is. But when you're in the middle and you say, okay, God, I'm moving today. I'm getting up. I've got goals, I've got things. And then while you're stepping, God's leading you. You cannot move a parked car. You cannot steer a parked car. Sorry, I said it wrong. You cannot steer a parked car. You can move the wheel, but you can't steer it until it's moving. And then you can say, okay, I'm, God's leading me to the right. God's leading me to the left. Slow down, speed up. Get, get moving. Get moving. Don't live an idle life. Amen. All right, I've got eight minutes now to teach you on the prayer of agreement. What we're going to do is we're going to take the things that hopefully God has used me to inspire you to dream bigger for 2024, to dream, to stretch, 
So how are we going to do that? Faith, but more specifically, the prayer of faith and the prayer of agreement. Most, most people, you know, in Ephesians, it says that praying always with all types of prayer. You might not realize there are different types of prayer. So I told you earlier, or we read Matthew 18 and 19 and 20. There are different types of prayer. For the sake of time, I'm just going to read the titles of them. There's the prayer of faith. There's the prayer of consecration. That's when Jesus went to uh, uh, the garden and he said, Lord, if it be your will, right? You don't need to pray if it be thy will, if it's something you already know God's will for. If, if you get hired at a job and your job is to take cups of coffee to the boss, that's your whole job. And the ball, you come into work, the boss says, hey, I'd like a cup of coffee. You don't need to go to the back room and say, Lord, if it be thy will, should I take my boss a cup of coffee? He's paying you to take the cup of coffee. That's your job. You go get the cup of coffee, and you get, you get it, and you bring it back. You know, there are many Christians who, like, like if you're, if you're going to witness to somebody, you feel to witness to somebody, you don't need to pray about that. It's God's will for all to be saved. Second Peter, it's God's will. He wants, he wants none to perish. That's what the Bible says. I know it's God's will. I'm just looking for the right timing, right words. So the prayer could be, Lord, show me how to witness to them. Help me witness to them. Help me do. But it's not going to be, should I? I already know that's God's will. You see the difference? What Jesus was praying was, Lord, if there's any other way, if there's any other way. Lord, if there's any other missionaries to go to Zimbabwe, send them. But if not, I'm going. Because I feel you've called me to go. That's the type of prayer. Everybody say consecration. consecration. That's the prayer of consecration. I, I brought that up because that doesn't need to be, if, if you have scriptures to back what you put on your agreement card, you don't need to ask if it's God's will. Does that make sense? If it's God, see, if you want a million dollars so you can get a Bugatti, you won't find that in scripture. Spoiler alert. If you want a million dollars so you can be the biggest giver at your church and so that you can give whenever you... A million dollars, by the way, is not a lot of money anymore. It's not, this is not 1980. You get a million dollars today. If I gave you a million dollars today, you could not retire on it. It's impossible. So don't think I'm speaking lavishly. This is, real, this is realistic. If you ask God for a million dollars, say, God, I want a million dollars to be a big giver, to, to, to give to missions so that I can supply whatever it is. You know something like, God, that's going to take hundreds of thousands of dollars to do. Use me to get it. you got a business mindset. God, I, 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 could be, I could be a mediocre businessman or I can be a great one. God, help me be a great businessman. Not so that I don't need my name in lights. I want your name in lights. And the only way your name can get in lights is if the finances the kingdom needs to there. Help me be a financier for the kingdom. God can get behind that. God can get behind that. Ask Solomon. Ask Solomon. He said, I'm going to build you a great temple. A great temple. David gave six or like 600 or something in today's money, billion dollars worth of gold. Something like that. It's a ridiculous amount. So that his dad could build the kingdom, could build a temple for God's kingdom. Why? So Solomon said, I'm going to build you a great temple. Stretch. Everybody say stretch. Prayer of worship. Praise and worship, that's a form of prayer. 
Corporate prayer or united prayer, when we all come and we pray together, that happened in Acts. Um, prayer of commitment, praying with tongues. We saw that in Acts 2, and then Paul explains it in 1 Corinthians. Uh, prayer of intercession, when you intercede for someone, you're stepping in the gap for them, they're in a place where they can't pray for themselves, you're praying for them. And then we have the prayer of agreement. All right, so for the sake of time, I'll tell you what I'll do. On Wednesday, I usually focus a little bit more on prayer. I'll dive a little bit more into the prayer aspect of that. But today, I want to give you some of the A's of agreement. All right? Thank you guys for helping me close. All right. See, that's the sign. They're like, you're going too long, Pastor. No, I'm just kidding. We told them to come up. They're, they're, on, they're, they're right on task. All right. Already read to you Matthew 18. What does it say? The prayer of agreement. Ready? Some A's of agreement. Everybody say Aspire. You need to have a dream. All right, I've already put that in you. That was the whole precursor to this. Aspire, dream, but dream a big dream. Then number two, align. Everybody say align. Align your request with God. It needs to be godly things. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Godly things, spiritual things, things that pertain to God's kingdom. Align your request with God. Again, if you're just asking for a new car because you want a new car, why, why is God going to get behind that? I want everyone to be impressed with my new... That, that, pride comes before the fall. Stop. I need a new car because I, my family, I've got to get my family places. I mean, the world we live in requires vehicles. I've got to get to my job so that I can... That's a different... Lord, I, I actually need a car. Philippians, see, there's a verse that goes with that. Ready? My God shall supply all your needs. If it's a genuine need, God can get behind that. Align your request with God. Align number three, attach your request to Scripture. So number one, aspire. Number two, align. Number three, attach your request to Scripture. Hebrews chapter four. For the word of God is living and powerful. Everybody say living. living. Say powerful. God's word is living and powerful. When you, every one of the points on your agreement card. Again, we, we gave you five, but if you have three or you have ten, Put a scripture, at least one, with each of them. Bonus points, I'm joking, but if you can get three, the Bible says a threefold, a threefold cord cannot be broken. You get three scriptures to stand behind what you're believing God for, just watch it in 2024. All right? But you can't just stand there and watch. You need to agree. All right? So agree with one another. We already, that's the whole point of this. So I'm not going to harp on that. Number four is agree. Number five is ask. Remember that part of Matthew 18? What did it say? You have to ask. Those things that you touch and that you ask, it shall be done. Everybody say, shall be done. done. All right, Mark 11. Just, Just read Mark 11 when you get home. Verse 23 says this, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he shall have whatever he says. Verse 24 says, whatever you ask in prayer, consider it done when you pray and you will have it. Everybody say ask. You have to ask. Number six, apply action. Apply action. You should have corresponding actions to your faith. James says, show me your actions and I'll see your faith. There needs to be actions that correspond to your faith. Your mouth should line up with what you're believing God for. You should not be, well, I'm believing God for a a job, you know, let's say a raise or promotion, promotion. I'm leaving God for promotion in 2024 because X, Y, and Z, you have your reasons, you have your verses to support it, and then every day you say, man, they hate me in this job. You're joking with your coworkers. Man, I, I you know, they hate, the, I'm, I'm the such and such, I'm the blah, blah, blah. I'm, not, I'm never gonna, you're gonna have what you say. 
you're going to experience what you say. What comes out of your mouth, you're, what you're saying today will be, so I'm saying the habits you have today form your tomorrow. Fix your mouth. Ask God to help you fix your mouth. That happened to me. I asked the Lord to help me with that, and it was like I couldn't say anything without the Lord saying, see, you've been saying that. That's why that hasn't happened. I'm like, dang it. Okay, I'll fix that one. Then another thing. Oh, I got to fix that. Oh, I got to fix that. The Lord will illuminate it. He'll point it out. The Word of God is a lamp. Proverbs says it's a lamp. When you apply the Word to your life, it starts lighting stuff up. Man, like, oh, yep, that. But see, here's the thing. I used to think, okay, well, there's all these things I need to fix, but I never applied Philippians 4. What does Philippians 4 said? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God illuminates something in your life, he'll actually help you fix it. He'll actually help you change it. He'll help you fix your mouth so that the things you're believing for will come to pass. Some of the things you've been believing for, you've asked God for, haven't come because your mouth is counteracting what you're believing for. And action. Y'all heard me say I'm believing God for a building. I didn't just stand here and believe God for a building and get up here and preach every week we're going to have a building. I was looking. When Pastor Steve called us uh, back in September and said, hey, I'm coming over. Let's go look at buildings. I had 10 or 12. Actually, it was 12. We ended up looking at 10 on paper, printed out, ready to go. None of those 10 were the one God directed us to. But I had 10. We were ready. I was, re I was sitting on ready. I'd already looked at all of them anyways, but I thought maybe if he sees them, he might see something I didn't see. Whatever. I'd already looked at them, but I was ready. Had a real estate agent. He took us inside. Two real estate agents took us inside two different buildings. Same day. And all of a sudden, we drive by that one. We get on the phone, and the story I told you earlier came to pass because I was moving. I had action. I'm, get, I'm not going to get a building by just, I mean, yes, I, know, I understand it could. God could have an angel show up to somebody, and they walk in and say, hey, here's the keys. I'll receive that. But, but I can't hold out on that. That's not scripture. What scripture is that God will give it to me. God's going to give it to me. I'm going to be in place for him to do it. Ready? Number seven. And we'll close with this. Anticipate the answer. Genesis 18. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. Everybody say appointed time. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah will have a son. God promised him you'll be the father of many nations. God promised him you're going to do these things. God promised him you're going to have a lineage that's going to be unlike any other. God promised him that your, my people will come out of your household. God promised him. Sarah laughed at it. He said, no, let me tell you something. See, Abraham had an anticipation because God gave him a word. At the point in time I'm coming back, she's going to have a son, and this is all going to work out. Anticipate the answer. Anticipate the answer. Anticipate that God's going to do great things in your life. Anticipate that 2024 will not be a repeat of 2023. That it's going to be better. It's going to be higher. It's going to be further. It's going to, be, it's going to supersede your expectations that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him.